The morning of January 28th, young Jenny and a busload of her friends and classmates were bundled up for the cold ride across the state to the Kennedy Space Center to watch the liftoff. It was 27 degrees Fahrenheit out of the launch pad. The effects of the cold weather on the O-ring gaskets on one of Challenger's booster rockets would later be blamed, in part, for the shuttle disaster. When she was interviewed almost two decades after the accident, Jenny Eschen, now known by her married name, Jenny Carter, said she'd managed not to think about Challenger for a few years. Then there was a flood of memories which welled up for her and her family during their Christmas celebration. It's like, where were you when Kennedy was shot, Jenny says. So, where were you when Challenger exploded? I mean, everyone remembers. Jenny was years away from the start of her career in banking in Atlanta when she made the three-hour trip aboard an unheated school bus over the rolling hills of Citrus County and out to the flat Brevard County terrain that was home to the Kennedy Space Center. Back then, I was a science geek, she says, so Challenger was a huge deal for me. Along with Lessons from Orbit by New Hampshire teacher Krista McAuliffe, the Challenger astronauts planned to launch a NASA communications satellite to help transmit data from space to the Earth. The network would eventually exchange grainy black-and-white images of the astronauts for the dramatic color shots from the Hubble Space Telescope and the International Space Station that NASA observers would later find commonplace. Also, 1986 was the year that Halley's Comet would make its first visit close to Earth since 1910. Challenger's cargo included a robot satellite called Spartan Halley, which would study the icy comet during a brief mission of its own before the astronauts would retrieve it and lock it in the cargo bay with its trove of data to be downloaded after landing. On launch day, the bus carrying nine-year-old Jenny Eschen and her classmates rattled up to the main gate of the Kennedy Space Center just minutes before liftoff. The gate was on a causeway linking the Florida mainland to the chain of barrier islands on the state's Atlantic coast that includes the land where KSC is located. Across the Banana River, the box-shaped vehicle assembly building was visible to Jenny and her friends. Just to the right was Challenger on launch pad 39B. Veteran NASA engineers say two pads were created in case of a disaster at the moment the shuttle's engines ignited. They admit, though, that the way Challenger exploded caught them by surprise. Jenny and her classmates stood poised at the main gate of the Kennedy Space Center. She could hear the countdown through loudspeakers set up by NASA for visitors, not lucky enough to get a seat at the official viewing stands. Cars, buses, and recreational vehicles lined the Florida coast at prized spots like Jetty Park in the town of Titusville, which sits across the intercoastal from KSC and affords a clear view of the launch pads and the shuttles. Jenny Carter remembers the sights and sounds as the seconds ticked down. Tight in her hands was the camera her parents gave her for Christmas weeks before. It was just a little kitty camera, she says. Everybody said, just keep clicking, just keep clicking. She still has those photos in her scrapbook. The shuttle is still clearly visible atop a column of flame as the space plane leaped off the pad at 200 miles per hour. Inside the space shuttle, the crew members were in their blue cloth coveralls and space helmets strapped in their seats for the launch. On the flight deck, Commander Scobie and Pilot Smith sat behind the cockpit control sticks and instrument panels. Behind them was astronaut Resnick, who would act as flight engineer in support of the pilots during liftoff. To her right, up against the bulkhead, was Onizuka. They had the best views during launch with the large windshields directly above them. The rest of the crew sat on the orbiter's lower deck, or mid-deck, where the view was more limited. No big windows, but this was where the crew would eat and sleep while in orbit. The front wall was also lined with lockers filled with equipment for the mission. 
That's where veteran astronaut Ron McNair was seated next to the round main hatch of the spacecraft. Next to him were the two first-timers, McAuliffe and Jarvis. While the astronauts waited for the final minutes of the countdown, the kids from Citrus County were having a great time waiting for the liftoff of Challenger. It was a great time for a while, anyway. I saw the two boosters go off in two directions, said 10-year-old Robbie Sampson after the accident. You knew there was a problem, especially when there was that big cloud of smoke. It was really bright, and then you could see the boosters go off in two directions, said 10-year-old Jennifer Golden. You could tell there was a problem. Nine-year-old Jenny Eschen had this observation. I was expecting a safe flight because I always thought it was exciting to have a teacher in space.